Conversations Podcast. Good evening. How are you, lady? I am fantastic. How are you doing? Today, I am Jess? doing tremendous. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about. First off, Conversations is a program where we seek to create exciting, energetic, empowering conversations that help others. Organically. Organically. There you go. No super pre-designed stuff. We may pull in a few facts and figures, but for the most part, we like to just let it flow. And it's a program that allows people to get in touch with what matters most to them and solution-based thinking about what they may be able to do about that. I love it. Yeah, very good. And so that I, I actually appreciate uh, this podcast and, and we've gotten a great deal of feedback in terms of the people that are being helped by it. And don't forget to mention that we're every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Same time, same station. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And I am Jesse Farrell, professional speaker, success coach, author, and podcaster. And you are Lisa Bybee. And with Lisa Listen. And I am also a VP of sales and marketing for Just Talk and Lisa Listen and podcaster. And you're doing a really good job <laughs> well, with all of that, you. too, by the way. Just Thanks. so you, there's another. And you show up on time. <laughs> and you stay late. <laughs> and you are in my face about everything that needs to be progressing. And that was with I that, say that with, with love kindness. and kindness. Okay, yes. thank you. Just it checking. Did, did it not feel like it? That was like a switch. Yeah. So very good. Uh -huh. Today. <laughs> yes, I go. Uh -huh. But today's program is really very, very fascinating. It's going to hit at the heart of many, many, many people out there. And it is, is your perfectionism out of control? Mm. Is your perfectionism out of control? This program is going to fly off the clock, and I believe that there's going to be wonderful uh, feedback, and I believe that there are going to be a lot of people helped by it. So let's get into that whole piece. When you hear that title, what comes to you? Well, since I live with a perfectionist. <laughs> I don't really know who that would be. I consider myself a recovering perfectionist well it sneaks in sometimes i do see it i i know i'll bet you do I, I but i don't i don't you, <laughs> remember i remind you that hey babe it's good enough fair enough so you want to actually with that being said that's giving away some of our secrets mm -hmm. we're talking about the good enough that is actually a theory and a piece and does have a place so remind me if you will don't let me forget okay. let's slide back into the good enough but let's talk about you 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 had a question for me Regarding the top end of the show about perfectionism. Yes, I do. Okay, what is that? Please tell me what the definition of perfectionism is. Well, I can tell you what that is, not by memory, but I can actually read it off the page because you were the one that designed this thing, and so you found that definition by Webster. That's correct. Webster. And, and it, it says what? It says this, refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. It also goes on to talk about a philosophy when it comes to perfectionism, and it says a doctrine holding that religious, moral, social, or political perfection is attainable, especially the theory that human moral or spiritual perfection should be or has been attained. Now, that's really technical and really heavy and really, I mean, you hear that. So what does that mean when you hear that? Can you make any sense of it? The philosophy of it all? Yes. Well, that's why I said, are you sure you want to read that part? Because it's pretty heavy and pretty deep. I you want tell to read me. it because it was Webster. Well, and everybody knows Webster. Does, does, we all grew up on Webster. And I'm not that, talking about Webster, a little black kid that had the show. <laughs> I'm talking about the man that wrote the dictionary. Well, so you tell me what you get out of that when you read you it. You know, I don't, the, the philosophy can, you can get a bit, uh, a bit entangled, but this is for, I like to really speak at a level where everybody can get it, no matter what you're reading or education or blah, blah, blah is. So I do like 
some understanding from Webster where he says the refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. But that really doesn't say a lot, really, in my opinion. No, no offense to Webster. But get into it a little deeper. I because will. Because you are one. You can speak to it a little better well, than Webster can. Well, actually, actually, you keep telling me that I am, and I'm telling you that I am not. And okay, I am a recovering Jess, perfectionist. Okay. But let me prove it. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> but let me prove it. Let me prove it. Here's proof. The proof is this. The proof is that there was a gentleman coming through town, and we're going to go. We're going to go all around the map on this. Okay. I am going to pull into your good enough theory, and then I'm going to back out. Okay. Another way to look at perfectionism. So I was actually working at Harris Entertainment at the time, and I was a marketing executive. That was in that would have been 1997, and a gentleman came through town. 97. Wow. I know. Here. Fair enough, but whatever. But that's okay. Uh, I actually <laughs> had hair then. Oh. Okay. But who cares? But at the time, I was working as a marketing executive, and this gentleman came to town. He was the brother of one of the marketing. Uh, I was the director of marketing, and I had marketing executives underneath me, I should say. And one of the female, in fact, I'll tell you who it is. It okay. was Jennifer Rivers. Jennifer Rivers, exceptional uh, executive, one of the best I've seen in the industry. Her brother was coming through town. His name is Jeff. And he had watched me a bit, which I didn't know he was watching me. And he, and he pulled me up, and he says, you know what? He says, I think you you might be a perfectionist. And I go, what do you mean? He says, I've been watching you do things. He says, I want to tell you about a theory called good enough. Mm. He says, and it may change something for you. And he says, the theory of good enough is when you have a number of things you have to do, let's assume you have 20 things that you need to do. And if you seek to do all 20 of those things with the same level of perfection that I see you going after, you might likely finish nothing. Mm-hmm. He says, you might want to look at that list and you may want to take the top three or four or five and say, I'm going to apply some extra attention to these, but the, the remaining 15 or 16, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my best and whatever that is at the end of that best that I feel is good enough. Mm -hmm. And you said? I said, hmm? <laughs> I did a Scooby-Doo. Uh, I really had never thought of him before and I didn't realize that he was watching me. And so he says, I want you to take on the theory of good enough and see what that does to your life. So I decided to take it on. That that was actually the first night of full sleep that I ever got by embracing the theory of good enough. Because I used to create problems that hadn't happened. So like I could what have if, the, a what Yeah, if it was a what thing? if what if scenario. Mm -hmm. I would create a what if this happens, what if that happens, what and so when I created, I'd, I want the answer so that when it happened, I could be ready with the answer. Uh, I kind of had that issue going on. Yeah, it, it's, it's painful, isn't it? Very. Yeah. So where does that get you? Because that's you constant worry. worry. Exactly. And it's then it starts showing up on your face and you get lines and for what? You get lined. You get uh, your age shows. There's nothing wrong with aging, but age gracefully means to not worry about things like that. That perfectionism mentality was 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 bringing me to my knees actually is what happened well but they say 98 percent of the things you worry about never even come to fruition yeah they say 98 percent of what's what most people worry about is interest paid on a debt you may never own exactly Ooh, that's that's some deep stuff yeah come on now yeah we went down in the river about. to get some of that well? but, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the theory of good enough gained me my first night of complete sleep and you know what it taught me what's that I don't have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. I just need to know where to find them. And where do you find them when you don't have them? You have friends, you have uh, comrades, you have colleagues, you have bosses, you Through have superiors, meditation. you have clients. You, well, well, I'm just, yeah, meditation, you uh, thought, mm -hmm. uh, time, timing. There are a number of different arrays of places where you can gain the answers. But when you worry about being perfect, 
when you worry about having it all, when you worry about your image and what will they think of me, you think you're doing it on a standard basis of a quality-based decision. It's not a quality-based decision. It's not, it's not performance-based. Mm-hmm. It's other people focus, which leads us to Brene Brown. Brene Brown, we, we read the definition of Webster. And Brene Brown wrote the book... The Gifts of Imperfection. Thank you. So uh, so Brene Brown wrote the book of The Gifts of Imperfection, and I read that book December of 2013. Okay. And it completely helped my, what I had already been working on in terms of shaking this perfectionism thing, but not really having tools and mm-hmm. systems and processes to do it. In that one single reading, I got it all. Let me tell you what her definition. Yeah, I was going to say, what was what was the aha that made you go, oh wow? I, she I, I made got this. me see something that I didn't know was there. She says, well, well, God, I'm getting so excited about this. I don't know how <laughs> settle to settle down. Settle down. I don't, guys. Know how, I don't know how to stop myself here. Let me sit up. Let me sit up straight and tell you. Well, the, let me answer your question. What got me so excited was she identified something inside of me that I was living through that I didn't know that I was living through okay. called shame blame i i didn't change and an embarrassment and guilt all that part of that shame blame and guilt it could be but i the, the guilt wasn't in there for me but the shame was but i didn't know it okay. was shame all right and so let me read her definition she says so what is perfectionism she says perfectionism isn't the same thing as striving to be your best which is what i thought i was doing she says perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect look perfect and act perfect we can minimize or avoid the pain and blame of shame and or judgment. Mm. I was blown away. First I said, I'm not shameful about anything yeah, at all. Yeah, and then? Then I, then I thought, well, wait a minute, think about it. So I went back into, the, into my mind uh, as a young person, and I thought about my behavior as a young person, wanting to be the best basketball player, wanting to be the best student, wanting to be on the honor roll in the National Honor Society and speak Spanish. And, yeah, being the, the best area. artist and the right. and doing all these things. Why was I doing all that? Why were you to fit in? All you just want? Did you want? Was I, it you wanted to be liked? You I wanted to you be were... like all the other boys and girls, but I wasn't like all the other boys and girls that I grew up with. Grew up in Northern Nevada, and and I, I represented a very tiny population of people that look like me with my culture. Here I'm trying to fit in another culture. They call that assimilation, by the way. Mm-hmm. And assimilation stress, acculturation stress, is when you seek to fit into an environment that's not native to you, and the and the predominant environment is controlled by others. What was it? Ninety-eight percent to two percent. You know, what I would was, probably say it was probably. That's a good question. I'd say the percentages of the people that look like me was less than one percent. Wow. And so I didn't. Re- I thought I was doing that to be my best, but after reading Brene Brown and the gifts of imperfection, I realized I was doing that to try to fit in, to avoid the, the judgment and the blame. Mm. I didn't even know that. And then I went, holy smokes. And then, then she says, where perfectionism exists, shame is always lurking. Shame is the birthplace for perfectionism. Wow. That got me. What are your thoughts when you hear well, that? Well, I also think that um, if you have come from a, uh, p- parents that are alcoholics, Right. That you're constantly wanting attention and seeking approval and doing things. So I think also people that come from that type of a background tend to have perfectionism, perfectionism tendencies. Right. Because they're always striving to get the attention that they, they never got or they're never going to get. So 
they think, well, if I just bring home A's, straight A's, right. I'm going to get their attention. And, and you keep striving and striving and doing and doing, and you never get the attention. Well said. Well, so, and it, listen, that was just my perspective. There are other people that were that are trying to fit in for different reasons. Maybe right. they maybe they come from because uh, birth order can have a lot to do with right. that too. Maybe they come from a a big family and you're in the middle and you're trying to fit in, or maybe you're the baby and you have you know a big gap between your older brothers and sisters. Which and is you have, me. When you have all these grown ups and right. you're the baby and you're trying to fit in, uh, but you can't fit in or you feel you can because it's such a broad gap. So there's a lot of reasons why people may be seeking to fit in. It may be from an educational perspective. It may be from a cultural perspective. It may be from, uh, uh, you know, it, many reasons why people are trying to fit in. Anywhere where there are people that you want to be a part of. Religion. Yeah, it could be religion. And so this whole perfectionism thing can be debilitating. Mm -hmm. We walk around, the people that have perfectionism, carrying it like it's a 20-ton shield to protect us. Right. And Brene Brown says it's the very thing that keeps us from taking flight. Mm. What are your thoughts about that? That's, that's a, a, like, wow. Yeah. Right? Other, yeah, perfectionism is other people focused. Huh. It's other people, what will they think of me? Right. And healthy striving is self-focused. And then you, go, you get into the fimage. Fear of image. Which is, you know, do I look good enough? Am I good enough? Is this, am I? Am I dressed well enough? Am I 10, do I speak 20, well 30, enough? 40 pounds overweight? Right. What are they going to think of me? Or, you right. know, your hair? Or... What about the people that are not overweight and see themselves as? Yeah. What about the people other... that have fine bodies and fine physiques, but some story, some false limiting belief system that someone placed upon them are making them, or they are allowing themselves to feel less than, yeah. that they don't matter, that they don't fit in, what ends up happening? What happens is, is it stops people from dreaming. Mm. By the way, we're gonna be talking about dreaming in another episode, but it's coming up very, very soon, but it, it squashes people's dreams. Wow. There's, there's a guy named Stephen Lambert that we're gonna, that he's actually going to be on one of our future podcasts, and he's gonna be talking about the whole dreaming program i mean which is the next podcast by the way in case you didn't know well you know i know you know <laughs> that's what i know <laughs> but anyway no so but 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 yeah it stops people in their tracks who do you know that was a, that is or that is a perfectionist that you can see that it's just immobilizing the quality of their life uh well obviously you come top of mind, but I know that you well, so, are recovering. Well, maybe, and that, that well, no, most, maybe, mostly. maybe someone else. And if you don't, <laughs> maybe I have one that I can add. But I just, you don't have to say their name, but I, I kind of want to share between you and I and the audience that's watching and listening to this, like, because I'd like for them to hear an example of how it's affected someone's life. Well, it's somebody that we just had contact with a couple of days ago. And when we talked about perfectionism with her, she said, I'm not a perfectionist, but I am very controlling. So she, I looked at her as, as being a perfectionist, but she said, no, I'm just, I need to be in control at all times. So what's your spin on that? Uh, my spin is that uh, that would be that that person um, lives in this place where there's a lot of population there. They say that denial is just, is not just a river in Egypt. Denial is an ocean mm. that many people live into. And so that person is living in the sea of denial denying like I was I was living in the sea of denial right. before I came upon the gifts of imperfection where she broke down that it is a, a place of shame that that I have drawn my perfectionist mentality not a quality based perspective mm -hmm. that person is refusing to break it down and really 
investigate the source, the foundation of what's driving that control. Mm. Her sense and demand to be in control probably has a lot to do with her perfectionist mentality, you know, looking to avoid blame, shame, and judgment. Yeah. That would probably be it. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't. Okay. And that, don't say that name because we don't want to roll anybody on the bus. What's that name? What's that name? No, I don't. I don't know who that person is. But I. Do but you have a pen? I'll write. Write the. Can Can you Can you do me a favor? Do me a favor. Type the name right here. Type the name right here. I don't want anybody okay. to see it. All hurry, right. Hurry All up. Right. Hurry here we up. Go. Be, Ready? Hurry up before Scott, the hurry. director, calls on go. us because Scott will be. Don't do that on the air. Keep the <laughs> Keep the conversation going. You know how Scott is. <laughs> Scott would probably say, "I don't sound like that." Is probably what he was. That's probably what he would say. But <laughs> we're so silly. So yes, yes, I right? do. Yeah, absolutely. I, the, the person that you've typed, I'm glad we will, will remain nameless. It's except she's so she is so entrenched, and that she is okay how she is, not realizing that her perfectionism is stunting her growth. Yeah. Absolutely. Another one. So that's a good one. Another one I have is uh, I have a role model. I've had several role models, but one of my role models uh, is very, very bright, very uh, definitely well-educated. It speaks multiple languages and has been in very senior positions in their field of study Mm -hmm. and absolutely has no authentic, legitimate relationships around him. Because it's oh. hard to be around that I, I, person. In my mind, I'm thinking, which one is this? The, I, I got but, it. But, but I, you don't need to type the name. No, I, I no, got it. <laughs> no, because, yeah, I'm not typing the name. But but there are four or five. There, there are three of them that fit the category that I just said. I'm thinking of one that we'll talk about later. Uh, but not that we're talking about people, but we're using them as an example uh, to to Spin get a perspective. Of, right. We'll get a perspective of where we're at and where they're at and maybe how we can possibly help them. Mm-hmm. So um, that particular a person is so challenged by this perfectionism that it rules his entire life. And 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 he, like the 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 personality that you shared with me, is completely clueless that it is actually stunting his growth. Because it's all they know. It's they all they know. They don't know, know any different. And, and, and if you showed them the mirror, would they get it? Would what, they? Uh, it depends. Because what do they see when they look in that mirror? First off, are they willing to look in the mirror to see the reflection? If they do look in the mirror, are they willing to tell the truth about what they see? What are your thoughts? Um, if they've been that way most of their life, probably they're not going to see it, is my guess. Yeah, it, it's it's likely. It's likely. I believe that when people learn simple concepts like the good enough theory, it offers an avenue for recovery. It offers an, an avenue to put it down. Mm-hmm. It's when you say to someone, why don't you just let that go or, or don't even think about it? Well, that, that's like saying, don't think about this rhinoceros that's in the room. That's right. all you're going to think about. Yeah. But if you help them to realize they can just simply put it down, which is to also suggest they could pick it back up if they want to, that's not the same thing as saying, why don't you forget about it? Or have you ever heard someone say, why don't you just get over it? We need tools, systems, and processes to help us work through matters. Yeah. We need the power of relationship and building relationship equity equity with people that matter so that we can move to higher places. What are your thoughts about that? Um, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, I, and I just had a thought, and it just blew right out my other ear or Imuntu something. Imuntu ingabantu. That's what you were thinking. South African proverb, <laughs> people are people, people because, because of, of others. others. 
Yes. So we do need one another. We, I, this thing to, to feel like you need someone sometimes can make people feel less than, but we all need one another. And I actually also believe that we're all one people. We are all connected. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Yeah. We're all living the same lives on some level, some space on that continuum, you know, wherever that is from the, from the slightest to the largest, mm-hmm. we're all living the same life. We want joy and happiness and contentment and safety. And, you know, we want Food, to, survival. yeah, well, at the, you know, Herman Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah. is that whole survival thing. But when you get to the top of that pyramid, you're talking about self-actualization and that's really how you help others. And really it's what conversations is all about. This whole program, it really is. Tell, let's, let's talk about where people can find the, find us. Would you like for me to, to, to speak to the iTunes and the Apple TV, or do you have this down? Well, since you started with the first two, I'll go with Roku TV, Stitcher, Google TV, YouTube, the RSS feed, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, the Vegas Video Network. Yay, yeah, 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 yeah. So those are all the places where people can find us live. They can find us online at JustTalk.com. Yes. J-E-S-S-T-A-L-K.com. Or 702 five four one six nine nine two absolutely where we run a professional speaking executive coaching life coaching success coaching that's one of the pillars and on the professional speaking we're doing workshops and training we're helping people get themselves together get their lives together get their significant others together and it is it is absolutely uh, exhilarating to be able to do that in people's lives and we also have Conversations Live, which is off the hook. Conversations Live also, that happens in an intimate setting where we invite six to 12 people. You are getting it mixed up. Conversations well, Live is well, no, a live event. No, no, no. Let, let me finish. Conversations Live yes. is a monthly event that we okay. do, okay. six to 12 people. And then we do these periodic events where we open that form up bigger than the six to 12. Uh, Conversations Live is a special invitation into a special circumstance where we do that. And then the conversations live that you're talking about, cocktails and conversations, that's one of our events where we're inviting the masses for a very small entry fee. In fact, our next one is December 10th at the Crepe in Tiffany Village. Why don't I change Village that to December 9th? Why don't I change that to December 9th? 6.30 to 8.30. Where you did I get to? I don't know where you where got did I get that? And we don't even care. We're not judging. December, and wow. It's December, December 9th. 9th. And nine's my favorite number. Don't How do I know that? Listen, I'm not rolling the girl under the bus. It is December 9th at 6.30 for two hours. Yes. Right? And uh, come by the crepe. Agnes is fabulous. And there will be some libations and some great food. And, and that's in Tivoli. And the edutainment. Edutainment. So let me say really quickly who's coming up on the next podcast. That's actually going to be the Dream Master and the founder of Dreamin'. And we'll be talking about how to turn your dreams into reality. That mm-hmm. is Stephen Lambert. And this young brother is bad to the bone. Yes, he is. Yes, so he really he's, is. He's so cool. So along with Stephen on the next program and this conversations and cocktails, how we how do what's the whole what's our whole tagline? What's how are we gonna leave them? How are we gonna leave them? We are gonna leave them how it's all about how you leave them feeling. Get it. <laughs> Got it. Good. <laughs>